0: Welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Angel Deer is a medicine man and offers his work on sacred land through shamanic healing, energy healing, sound healing, breath work, plant medicine, and workshops and events. The Sanctuary is a community for all those who seek healing transformation, ancient wisdom, and a place to come together to create a new way of living and relating. This is The Sanctuary Podcast, and this is Angel Deer.
1: Thanking the the creator, the great mystery, God or the one that's known by a thousand names, whatever feels comfortable for you to thanks right now for being alive today in this moment and uh, being in connection with each other the blessing of being alive the blessing to be in connection uh, we want to expand it to blessing the land we are sitting on right now we're all in different places and there is this beautiful energy below us that is holding us right now and so expanding it to whatever lands you are in acknowledging the presence of something that is alive allowing it to be received so you can feel and hear maybe something coming from there so we thank you the land we thank you all the life forms that are present we thank you for their guidance their wisdom expanding this prayer into the ancestors of this land, the ancient caretakers. For me here, where I am, that's the Lenape people. Um, and I want to remind myself, and maybe it's the case for some of you that I'm sitting on stolen land. So I want to acknowledge that in the field and uh, ask for permission, ask for blessing. So we do good work here and we honor in a good way sending my prayer in the directions of the ancestors, all the one that came before me, and came before us today, so we could be here. Reminding ourselves that this experience, this breath, these things that we call life is a ceremony, it's sacred. And so asking for, for guidance and wisdom for you know all the speakers and all the participants uh to be able to connect to that wisdom so my my prayer is always asking creator to uh remind me to to be humble uh, so i can hear so i can receive so i'm asking for that blessing for for all of us here And I want to expand the the prayer in the sixth direction, the east, the west, the north, and the south, below and above the grandmothers and the grandfathers, spirits that are dwelling in each of those directions to hold us in that container. Um, And so we feel that we are sitting in a circle with them, uh, not above, not below, not on the side, but in a circle. And so asking for the the blessing of the ancient circle these ancient ways of gathering together even if we gather on screen today asking that we experience the blessing to see it that way to co-create that way and that the blessing of the circle the blessing of that alchemy of that co-creation uh be felt uh during the next 24 hours and be felt in our lives Uh, as long as we breathe that we planting seeds today maybe we gathering seeds together and a beautiful garden of uh, souls and hearts and uh yeah feeling immense gratitude and thanks for for this opportunity and for everyone that is present today and that is listening
2: Let's just take a breath with that. Feel the power of angel's words. Mm. Thank you, Angel. That was a powerful blessing. I can feel it in my arms, actually. Like... I can feel that energy just rushing over me in a moment i'm going to ask me ask you about your journey into this kind of space um as your work as a, a breathwork and a, a shamanic uh, facilitator um, who has this connection to the non-material realms but i think what i would like to do first is for all the people who haven't had the the great pleasure of your company and your presence and knowing your story um to introduce yourself when you came on to our first inspiration festival i was lucky enough to really hear your your story and your journey um and so if you're watching this and you want to know a bit more about that i'm going to put the link into to this uh, interview that we did but how would you introduce yourself to mm, you know to the world in sort of a couple of minutes what do you think are the important things that people need to know about you
1: you know it's always tricky i feel those questions (laughs) how far or wide we go with this you know if you want to define me by what i do i'm a shamanic practitioner meaning i work with ancient ways of healing breath being one of them right But I think I want to introduce myself more in a a more traditional way, more ancient ways. Saying I'm Angel Deer. That uh, my mother is Innocence Tasso. My father is Jean-Pierre Gautereau. And I come from a land far away, uh, a small island in the Mediterranean basin that's called Corsica. That's where my ancestors are from. And that's who I am. You no, know, in a traditional way, when we introduce ourselves, we introduce our parents. And uh I like that. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not much details, right? <laughs> but uh that's a way to make it really simple.
2: <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And you know, that feels so really powerful to me. And maybe what I when we do these interviews, um we are here to inspire people around breath work, and I invite in the people who inspire me. But what really inspires me is hearing their journeys, hearing their stories, and not just the glossy shopfront version of themselves. That the kind of the amazing things that they do, but the challenges, you know, the, the the hardships they have that they've had to go through that the universe has put in front of them in order for them to step into their greatness. Now, your connection to your. Your family and your roots and traditions is a really great learning, actually. And I think I would like to honor both your parents. Um, can you just share, share their names again with us? And we will take a breath with them.
1: So my mother's uh, first name is Innocence, which is Innocence, quite And my father is Jean-Pierre.
2: Let's take a breath with Innocence and Jean-Pierre.
1: you know i love oh, them you're... so much it's uh, it's hard for me to mention their name without being quite move and tender uh, always uh, just just so much love uh, oh
2: thank you uh, michelle oh like for your honoring of your your lineage there and i'm going to come back to innocence to jean pierre a second but just to put you and them in a bit of context i wonder if you could um just just introduce yourself in that kind of non-tradition modern way maybe sharing with what you actually do as a shamanic uh, practitioner as well and then i'm going to go into that inspiring lineage story that you have would you be able to do that for me
1: sure um so you know i'm a shamanic practitioner meaning i work with ancient ways of healing i've trained with uh a tradition that is coming from peru from uh the andes that's called andean cosmovision so that's the altar or the prayer i carry that i've been studied for over 10 years uh, with my teacher miguel uh, And I've also set a lot with um, Native American people, many Lakotas, but other tradition. And so, I work mainly based on the teaching of my elders that I learn from. For me, it's really important. You know, there's no work I do that is not constantly evolving and alive. So I'm, I'm a beginner. You know, I'm a student of them. And so, what I offer people is really my learning in those uh, in those ways. I'm also, you know, a Reiki practitioner, a meditation teacher, herbalist. I, you know, I own a retreat center here, and we do a lot of permaculture. We have a forest school for children. We have a mushroom farm, greenhouse, women's gardens, chapels, temples, sweat lodge, vision quest. So we have, we have a lot going on here. Uh, Right, But I I think what's the most important at the end of the day, I think it is for me, you know, it is who we are as human beings, right? So all of this experience and those teachings and those things I do, they, they shape me, right? But what shaped me the most are my personal experience, my traumas, those places where, you know, I fell on my knees. And that's what I would like to bring when I introduce myself, but it's very hard to bring that, right? the price, the places where my heart has cracked, the places that are unresolved, because I think it's very important in this work, at least that's the way I see it, that we show up with those parts. Not what we know and what we have resolved and what we think is truth, but more what's unresolved, right? What is still Mm. processing and being able to be uh, authentic, right? I don't show up as like, oh, this is who I am. And some people call me a medicine man. And some people call me a shaman and all of this sure. because there's so many projections in those words, right? I like just to show up as, okay, you know, yeah. I have struggles in my life and I have also yeah. a lot of beauty and things I'm grateful for. And, uh, yeah, I think the great healers, you know, I think, my teacher always says that but i really agree with him he says that that's not the people with the most skills and the most tools and the most experience in the room that the person with the most regulated nervous system with the most regulation in the room and what that means is that for me that's the person that's the most in contact with their pain with their traumas with everything that made them and still are able to somehow experience gratitude, to somehow feeling the blessing to be alive in this moment so we can be in connection, right? And we might talk more about that, but I love that your title this year is co-creation, right? Mm
2: -hmm. In order
1: to co-create, we need to be connected. We need to be in connection, but we need to be in connection with the self, right? So for me, what I bring to my teaching, and I think that's what I want to be, is that i bring all of my parts <laughs> all of my stuff right and that's what make us human and that's where i think we connect right mm-hmm.
0: we don't really connect from a,
1: from a high chair right we connect when we cry we connect when we we really see each others and so that's when there is no mass there is no armors barriers right and that's a challenge. And I think a great teacher, for me, that's what, what it is about, right? That's what I try to embody, you know? And I fell at it, right, like everybody. Uh, but at least that's my my, my prayer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and that's really beautiful. I mean, it, it really resonates with everything that we share in Breathing Space. And there's so many directions I want to go in here, but you you almost gave us an invitation, Angel. there. Um, you invited us almost just to... to well it felt like an invitation to maybe just ask you about some of those cracks, some about those you know unresolved traumas, some about some of those wounds which you carry with you, which is who you are and which has helped you step up into the leader that you are, the facilitator and the meditation teacher and the leader but maybe share some of the wounds that you have or some of the challenges that life has thrown into you where you had to step up, where you had to learn. Does that feel like a good question to start. Would you be willing to share something from your story? Yes, about sure.
1: A challenge um, or
2: a wound that you have?
1: Yes. um <laughs> You know, I was born uh, with a dramatic C section emergency and separated from my mother at birth, right? Right when I was born uh, for a week. I was not uh, with any caretakers, I mean, any parents, right? That's a big one. It's kind of the foundation of my being right my first experience of life was uh quite violent unsafe unconnected um you know and i'm turning 49 uh in a few weeks and that's still something i carry right that i work on but still show up in my life um that's a big one for me later on in my life when i was in my i was a little boy i was 11 or 12 I was abused you know sexually abused and raped and that's something I forgot about until I was 43 I no memory of it defined uh, my path as a healer and as a breath worker in so many so many ways um because of the uh, unspoken trauma uh, and unconscious trauma right that still show up obviously in my life um and you know i've been living with uh, something that's that's more recent but in very few people know about it because it's one story i've never shared but i've been living with a uh, chronic pain in, in this for the last year and a half um and um very uh strong in the past six weeks and in fact this today and the last few days were, were very very difficult for me and um you know it's very humbling very humbling to to live with chronic pain in the body to to a point where you know you can't move out of your bed many days and you can't really walk and uh when when you think you you get it when you think you have all the plants and the tools and uh elders and teachers and ceremonies and and when nothing works when you're grounded right it's like you're punished (laughs) and there's no no resources available for connection to the outer world um i'm still figuring it out uh but i had a very good cry uh an hour ago uh cry a lot and kind of the pain moved and it's interesting because that pain is supposed to be quite physical because of something in my spine and and that but after crying uh, in fact since i cried an hour ago i almost don't have any more pain in my body and uh because i'm in that work right i'm fascinated by that i'm like oh it's interesting the pain moves somewhere else and it's reminding me this powerful connection that i talk a lot about between spirit and mind and bodies and even when we have physical illnesses uh Sometimes we have diagnostic put on us, right? Level. This is who you are. You know, this is, this is what you need to heal. And here's the pill or is the treatments, right? But it reminded me really of this, uh, this work. I'm, I'm so embedded into like I, I explore, which is this great mystery. That's how we call it, right? <laughs> the great unknown something beyond what I can even see or understand. Something just came into me, made me really release a lot of tears, Mm -hmm. sob very deeply and created space. So somehow, you know, I could be there, right? I probably, I would have still been there, but probably not feeling as much lightness in my body. Um, So, yeah, I think that's the mystery of trauma. There's a lot of discussion on trauma. There's a lot of beautiful teachers, amazing tools uh, in the breathwork field, in other type of field. But I think sometimes it's missing that component, which is something that we don't see, that we don't know, that we can call but doesn't always come if we call it. And that just going to come in the right moment, in the right way, in such magical way and and i require so much patience and trust especially you know when it's difficult or very difficult um but that's the foundation of this work right it's very we pray a lot to the spider medicine because spider weaves you know like you are a weaver benedict Uh, i don't know if you know that you have a lot of spider energy right (laughs) you can weave this beautiful web right of teachers of people so you you tap a lot into that medicine so i know she's guiding you right and we always say the web is perfect the spider she knows how to make such a beautiful web and she also reminds us that everything is connected everything is co-created right there's nothing really separated there but one of the archetype one of the quality that spider carries is uh faith right? She built a web and she just sit there. She just know. She just know spirit is going to come, right? Give us some insight, some food, some, she doesn't after three hours or a day, oh, you know what? It doesn't work here. I'm going to move my web somewhere else, right? She just <laughs> sit there. So she's a great teacher of surrender of faith mm-hmm. and she's patient, which is something I don't have much. So, uh, <laughs> So, anyway, uh, I don't know how patient you are, but it's one of her quality. Uh yeah, and, and with trauma, with healing, you know. I think uh when you ask me about my stuff, one day I think, and I'll finish by that, like years ago, it came very clear into a ceremony that in order to heal, I needed to accept that I might never heal. That I needed to make space. For the non-healing to happen, to be able to create space. So am I going to live with this if that doesn't heal? Instead of having an idea of my life being better in a month or in a year or in five years when this is going to be healed, right? So I don't live in the meantime. I'm not going to live my life because this is horrible. This is pain. I hate them. This happened to me. And until I this is gone, I'm not going to feel okay. No, 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 no. What about if we agree that? None of that is going to go away. I'm going to take it with me at my last breath. Can I still expand this life as a blessing? How am I going to show up? Can I still love myself, others? Can I still be kind to myself? You know, and it's it's a journey, right? It's it's not a, a given. It's not like, you know, we master it. But I like to see healing that way. I like to see healing as something that basically is a bit different that our intention when we go to breath work or ceremonies or Peru or yoga, that I'm going because I'm alive and I have this opportunity to experience a beautiful day, right? But not, I'm not going because I want to get rid of something. If that happens, hallelujah, amen, (laughs) whatever works for you, right? But... If it doesn't, can I can I still live my life? Not as a destination, mm. but as really as this journey, right? And and still feel a good human, you know, like alive.
2: I, like, I'm, We're just all going to take a breath here because you gave us a huge download then. And there's so many parts in there that, that have just like sparked things in me. But first of all, just to honor all of that wisdom that you shared with us and your journey. Let's just take a breath. And we'll take another breath with just the wounding that you suffered at birth. Mm -hmm. And the sexual trauma that was visited upon you when you were young. I wish to honor and acknowledge that. And the chronic pain that you are that you are with now, that you are still showing up for with us right now. And the grace that you still join us with, Rangel. You said some words that have just hit me like a hammer blow. In order for healing to take place, I have to accept that healing may not take place and I have Mm -hmm. to surrender to that. Mm -hmm. And what a profound, profound wisdom that is. In order for healing to take place, I have to accept that it may not take place and to be totally okay with that. Easy said, not easy done, I am sure.
1: Yeah. I love your. That grip that we put on our the stuff, grip. we grip, and we have to let go of that grip.
2: I love your imagery of the spider energy who is with us uh, creating our webs and who is patient. Um, you know, if you are unable to get out of bed, I'm sure there is going to be some spider energy hovering around you. We may not always want to learn that. Uh, we may not have a choice, however. Sometimes the universe puts things in a place that we have to learn. Um I think I would like to ask you um, not about breathwork. Actually, I know this is a festival about breathwork and to spread the the joy and the enlightenment about breathwork. But you have so many other aspects to your to your wisdom and your lineage that I, I want to just explore a little bit. Um, let's talk about the ceremonial aspects of your work and what that can bring um, into. I mean, we're using the word healing here or moving on, but we know that's a not the correct word. But to to connect with us to connect with each other, to co-create with each other. So maybe could you just share with you your vision of how ceremony binds us all together, connects us, and the power that we find in there? Is that something that you feel mm. you could talk about?
1: Sure. Um, no, I, I feel it's it's a lot about creating meaning, right? We, we are we're, uh, an animal that loves stories. That loves dreams. That loves meanings. Right? We we need. That. It's a it's a sphere that we have. You know, with our frontal cortex, imaginations, possibilities, and the ceremonial space. The rituals. They create meanings. They create layers of meanings. Right. They, they, they expand the container of just me and my body and my emotions and my mind, maybe my spirit, into something bigger that is shared, right? Something that is beyond me and that we all share together. So I think I always see the ceremonial space as first that. Let's give some, let's expand the web, right? let Let's weave something slightly bigger around us. We can find more space inside us right we can detach a little bit about who we think we are into maybe tapping into maybe what we are something that is really not physical only but there's also the context of and it's not some people say well you can believe in that or not right the the spiritual context the, the idea that there is some invisible forces uh that some of them are benevolent that they are here to help and that the ceremonial space called them right so very often you know when we set up an altar which is a piece of cloth really on the ground with some sacred items, and we pray into it. Right, we put our intention, maybe uh, we put a photo of our grandfather, we put you know, whatever it is that feels our heart is opening. The way it is described in my tradition, they say that on the other side of the altar, right on the other side, spirit is looking, and the altar is a window or a door, and they sing who is there, what they're calling. And then they're calling other spirits. Hey, they're calling the fire. Fire, come here, right? They're calling um, Archangel Michael. They're calling whatever, right? And so they come at that door, right? And they show up. Right? They show up for us. So the ceremony, you know, be, those tools they have been refined over thousands of years. You know, the Andean cosmology tradition is more than 15,000 years old. So that specific altar, for me, the the oldest piece of technology. That we have in the world right way more advanced than an airplane or a rocket to go to the moon right (laughs) it has it has evolved not randomly not by just believing something but by experience that when we do that this happened when we call it in that way and we touch the fire that way and we put the log a certain way and we feed the fire from that place and we orient it in that direction that somehow healing comes through because Grandfather fire is happy. That's what we say. He's happy because he's seen, right? Uh, so the ceremonial context is that, right? is tapping first into the unknown, unseen. Uh, we don't need to see for them to exist. We don't need to know spirits for them to exist. They're always there, right? So it's not a belief system. It's, it's irrelevant. And we bring tools that are designed to open those doors. So we rely on the the non-visual, right? Beyond the mind, beyond the conscious, which is so much what breath is about, right? Tapping into the unconscious, tapping into this closed room in our bodies. How do we call something that we've never seen before, that we've never opened before, if we don't have tools, right? And here are some people that, are telling us, when you do that, that opened that door. When you do this, they open that other door. Right? And we might laugh at it. Right? Depending where we're coming from. If we're very much in our head or you know. But one day we experience it. Right? What came through me uh, an hour and a half ago? I don't know. Right? But something did. God knows last two weeks nothing came through. Not one minute of the, every day Pass so slow i don't know i called a friend my dear old friend of mine he's a pastor he's 80 years old i was telling him about it say i'm going to pray for you now brother it was like 10 minutes before it happened is it his prayer is it my prayer who knows right but the ceremonial context right is that once we start seeing that we are a prayer Like the way we behave, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we show up in life, it's a prayer, right? We are a physical prayer, a manifestation. In fact, you are and I am the prayer of my parents, right? Somehow, doesn't matter what they believe in, they prayed one day for something to come and here we are. They manifested a prayer, right? It was just in their head. It was just an idea. It was maybe just love. And that prayer manifested a human being crazy right when you think of it so it's potent it's alive right it's happening so we can call that and i think it's very important that we do that in our in our space because if not we're going to have to carry the whole room alone on our shoulders right or the whole world pain and i think it's impossible i think we won't we won't be able to do it if we don't bring something bigger wider you're
0: listening to the sanctuary podcast with angel deer while you're listening browse the website at www.thesanctuaryheal.com
2: thank you what a beautiful answer i love the idea as a altar as a window as a window into something bigger than ourselves um, to where things can we can connect but let's Let's bring in breath here, Angel. How does our breath weave through this ceremonial space that we move in? How does our breath create, if you like? How does it bind us all together, and how does it make things happen? Can you bring breath into your um, into your into your vision, and what part that plays for us?
1: So, I'm sure there's going to be amazing speaker talking about the biology and the physiology and uh, all the research on the breath. And it's all true, by the way. It's, it's all true. But I'm going to talk about this tradition, a 15,000 year old story that talks about the wind, the breath, and what it is. And they say that this breath, this wind, sits in the north, north direction. That's that's here on my on my right. And this is the direction of the north is connected, you know, to the season of the winter, right? It's when the trees, they they going down, right? They're not growing leaves and branches. They're growing roots, right? So it's an inward descent. So the north is very much connected to our inner child, to our inner parts, to our ancestors, our family systems. And then you can go up the branch of ancestors, right? All the way to the trees, right? because they were here before us, right? And then you can go even before life on earth, right? So they say that the wind, that's what it does. It goes in that direction and it carries the prayer of that direction. And they also say that the, the wind, so our breath carry one prayer only, that's called the prayer of unity. Or the unity prayer so sorry for the words but the unity prayer is a mind fuck and that's <laughs> that's the idea of it because in order to experience it we need to go beyond the mind which is interesting right because that's what work does right bypass the thinking mind but that's what they were saying 15,000 years ago right they knew that and they say that when we breathe or when we pray with the wind, when we experience the that invisible thing, that is the, the air, the wind, that we receive that prayer of unity that tells us that there is no others. There is no others. That's an illusion. And I know that can be very triggering for many people. And that teaching can be a little bit tricky, right? There is no others. But it also say in the same phrase, in the same prayer, in the same sentence, life is not about me. It's about the others. That's why I said it's a mindfuck, right? Because it says two things that are completely opposite. And the idea of it is to dissolve the ego. Because every light, every prayers that we bring in that tradition brings a shadow, right? You turn on a candle, there's a shadow immediately, right? And the shadow of the wind the shadow of that prayer of unity is the ego. That's what they say. It's the mind, the ego. That's what's what's in the way. To experience that separation here, I need my mind. Without it, there's no more. And the goal of it, and I guess when we're breathing, what are we doing? We're dissolving that sense of self. We're dissolving the barriers that we built inside, right? Something might show up an image, an emotion that has been so protected. In my case, you know, we're talking something that was invisible to me for like 25 years, right? Uh, And here I was in that prayer that my elders say, yeah, that's what the wind is. That's what it does, right? So for me, that's what the breath is. The breath is this bridge. That's another way to look at it. The bridge, conscious and conscious, visible, invisible, present, past, me, others. In fact, when you go really deep in that prayer, in that work, you know, I've been walking on that door, that north door, for many years now. There are very clear moments. I'm talking in a normal state of consciousness, right? I'm talking uh, not in plant medicine ceremony, not in breath work, where you can feel someone's body. I can feel your sadness. I can feel your anxiety. I can even feel your physical pain. I know exactly where it is in your body. That's how I do my work. When I do one-on-one shamanic session with plants, I just sit there, I breathe, I look at them, I call that prayer, and at some point it fires in my body. Your pain is my pain, right? So maybe they are right. Maybe there's just one body. And in fact, if you expand it more to the body of the earth, imagine the amount of trauma, not just in our collective, or in our communities, in our countries. But if you tap into the body of the earth, imagine what it means to feel that, right? To receive that. And I think that's one of the many reasons We are so dysregulated. I think it's not just our human traumas that we are feeling, but I think we're feeling into the pain of the land, of the animals, of the trees, of the rivers. There's so much pain, right? Joanna Macy, that I love, you know, she's this Buddhist teacher. She's like 85. She said, you know, if you don't cry every morning when you wake up, you're probably not connected to something outside of you she said it's very healthy and we should cry every morning and he said that's a good sign she said if you cry every day bless you bless you because you are in connection you are in connection right? You know, and, but in our society if you cry every day what are we going to tell you right you're weak you should know better men don't cry <laughs> you know stuff like that right and maybe that's what I cried an hour ago. I don't know. You know, I don't know what I cried. I was just so much of it, but there was no image, right? Who knows? It doesn't really matter. It moved my waters. <laughs> I felt better. Uh, uh, I don't know if I answered this- your question, by the way. Sorry.
2: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did a great job. If you didn't answer my question, you answered a really important question. I'm not sure what it was, but I know that it was important. Um, Let's just have a breath with that because there's some really powerful things that you said here. Breath is is our bridge to so many things. Mm. That really hit me. And we are all one and we are all separate as
1: well. Yeah. And you're right, definitely a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole concept uh, of healing, you know, is a mind fuck. We, we want to heal, but we don't want to be heartbroken. Mm. How do we do that? It's impossible. We have, we are going to be heartbroken if we feel all of that. We are going to feel tremendous turmoil. Maybe that's healing right keeping it together might not be healing i don't know you know the more i age the more i really challenge those views that we have about what it means to be a, a human that's in that's healthy what, what does it mean to be healthy in a society that's sick
2: <laughs> well that is a good question
1: yeah
2: okay we've got about 15 minutes left um or shall, uh, for our conversation uh, and I've got um, I've got a question that I want to finish off with. But I'm I'm feeling here rather than just us talking, I'm wondering if there is a, a, a practice that you might like to lead us in. Now that might be another prayer. It might be a breath work. It might be it might even be another download of wisdom that you would like to share with us. But is there something that you would like to lead the the people who are in this room now and the people who might be watching this on recording later? to connect us with all of the wisdom that you have shared with us today
1: i'm going to share a practice i guess that uh, helps me a lot um especially because um uh, i have a very hard time doing it <laughs> it's very simple <laughs> but uh, yeah um warning sign impossible to do um but it is that when we are dysregulated, right? When something is really heavy on our hearts, and like I said, I think there's a lot. But then maybe there's something in your personal life. maybe there's something sitting in your body in your family. Or maybe you watch TV an hour ago, you watch the news and you just want to cry, right? you just felt like this is just too much um what we do is we we tighten right we close our hearts that's survival we have to because if not we're going to be taken by that tsunami wave and we might not come back from it right that's what we think sometime when if I tap in my grief sometime, I see just the ocean is so big of unprocessed grief that if I really open that box, I really don't know if i will be able to function. And I'm very afraid of that, right? Because I'm a teacher, right? I'm a healer. So I'm supposed to get it together, right? My biggest advice is when we're going through something that is very difficult and very painful is to try to soften. To try soften, it's very simple. Something tell you, someone tell you something and you're hurt, and, you know. Can you soften in that moment and see what happened? Oh, you know i've been, i was trying to, to practice that this past few days you know is my my pain it's so hard how do i soften when my body is just screaming right or when i'm really angry but it's to call that at least to call it to pray right i don't know how you call things in your life maybe you write about it so you 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 bring that and that's as that way of softening the way i'm talking about it is very connected to being more kind to ourselves, to what's going on it's very connected to kindness so can i be in that moment and i'm experiencing something that really that i qualify as bad right i'm angry or not normal or not fine can i can i in the same breath soften and love myself not romantic movie love that's bullshit real love unconditional love like, like love when i don't know if you have a child when you look at your child right on the way something like no matter what it does, right? Even if you trigger the hell out of you, you know, you might want to swing by the window, but you're not going to do it because there's that love, right? <laughs> so can we do that with the, when we experience something that is so intense that we feel it is impossible to love that person, that person being you, right? Or it could be someone else, maybe in that moment. Can I call for love in that moment? like? And maybe it's like 1% of your resources can be addressed to that, right? 99% is going to be taken by the pain. But maybe if you ask me, I believe that's where grace comes from. That these moments of surrendering into something that is just love. That's what all the seekers are talking about. All the spiritual teaching. They say that's what it is. That's all what it is there behind They all say that in Peru, in the Amazon, in Buddhism, in Hinduism. So that's where we're going, right? That's where we're coming from. That's where we're going. And in the meantime, what we do, we search for it. But we refuse to allow it because this is so scary. In fact, I think we're really scared of that kind of love. We're really scared to do that. I think it's more scary than keeping our guards up, than tightening. But that's the challenge, right? That's why we are alive. I think once we can master that, I think we stop breathing, we, we call back. Someone is calling us back. Okay, you got it. <laughs> Next assignment. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, that feels very profound, Marshall. If you can, soften when you're experiencing pain or challenges if there isn't just a part of you that can open up to kindness and love then that is the lesson
1: to be learned can I do you love have any tips right now right can i love that pain that i'm feeling can i love my body in that moment How do you do that, Marshall? How can you, how do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. You have to soften so much. You have to become so tender. And that's why, you know, I said earlier about the, the idea of letting go, of this idea that it needs to change. You know, I really have to sit with that the past few months. What if it doesn't get better? What if it doesn't? I mean there's you know two possibilities, right? I, I, I take my life away, right? I don't want to live in that body, and many people do that when the pain is unbearable, right? Or I learn to live with it, I learn to make a good life out of it, right? And most people sadly because they don't have tools, they don't have elders, they don't have ceremonies, they don't have breathwork, they don't have you. They take something, right? Drugs, alcohol, painkillers, right? We 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 kill the pain right that's not kind right but sometimes it's the only way to survive All Right? but can i do that with just my resources my breath just closing my eyes being with it and not trying to change it just to be with it like it's my master right now this is my true teacher that pain i can tell you that All right yeah yeah but it humbles me it makes me so compassionate I finally understand people that live with pain in their body what that mean what that truly mean right I never really understood it because I never experienced it right we never we can't understand oh someone walking your shoes right so that opens a whole door right of connection with plenty of people that are living with that mm-hmm. And I come with no solution, right? I don't come with, I'm going to fix you or here's the pill or you should breathe an hour or you should do that. No, I come with like, we're going to be in this together. We're going to work that together and we're still going to connect and we're still going to love each other and we're still going to care. And that's what we're going to nurture. And we're going to pray and we're going to do a lot of things, right? But you're not broken. You know, I really truly believe that the answer is in me already for that pain. I truly believe that. That something hasn't it's not seen yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So that's humbling. <laughs> uh, really humbling. Yeah, it is, right? But everybody carried their cross, as we say, right? And <laughs> you know, there might be people listening that lost a child. There might be people that you know, some people carry in tremendous amount of grief and pain and and we know nothing about we don't know what it takes for them to even wake up or make their bed or clean the dishes right that day maybe that's for them it's like everything if they can do that that day that's what i'm seeing that's the teacher right now i'm looking at it okay well at least teach me something let me understand right and I feel like when we do that, somehow it is, it, it screams less at us. Right. It doesn't need to scream to be heard. It's softened. The relationship change, right? The person is still the same on the other side. My pain is still the same. Right. But my relationship with it is changing. So we are changing together. So my you pain do. is going to change. Right. Right. It's like, if I see you every day, you know, Ben, if we, if we were to hang out once a week, I'll, I'm going to change you. You're going to change me, right? We are going to change in that process of co-creation. Mm. We're not just—it's not one plus one equal two or three. It's one plus one equal a thousand, right? There's so many things that are going to come out of that interaction, right? And I'll never be able to get you out of my life, even if I say I never want to see you again. You'll always be there inside of me, hunting me, <laughs> right? Mm. Like what, what our interaction is going to be alive, right? It's—you're going to yeah. be a part of me, my whole life. Right. Uh, yes,
2: this is so. Uh, this is such an intimate conversation Angel, that you are inspiring us to have with ourselves. Actually, the deepest conversations we we can have. We're coming to our close together, and I want to start almost back where we began. And there is an invitation for you to soften here. You started when I asked you the question of sharing some of your wounds or challenges. You immediately introduced yourself by naming your parents Innocence Mm -hmm. and Jean-Pierre and how much you loved them. And so my final question to you before we leave this space together is to share with us a little more about them. This festival is called the Inspiration Festival because we seek to inspire others and i would like you to share how your parents have inspired you and we will feel that passion inside you and it will inspire us does that feel like something you could do in a few minutes
1: i don't know if i can do anything in a few minutes but i'll try this one (laughs) um You know, it's like, um, I don't know, 2 a.m. in France or something like that right now. So they're sleeping in bed. So I'm just, I was imagining them just like sleeping. (laughs) You know, Very often when we pray for our parents and see there's a time difference, we say, oh, I hope you're having good dreams. I hope you're having good dreams. (laughs) Um, You know, my parents loved me, I guess, with like many people probably on the the call in their own way, right? doesn't mean perfect but i know they loved me you know? and obviously if i'm here you know someone took care of me right someone wiped my ass fed me you know somehow gave me some kind of education so my parents have is always dedicated to my well-being and like every parents you know they fuck me up along the way right like <laughs> because they have their stuff and right they they're going to snap like i snap and you know they you know so there is unresolved stuff there but i don't know if it's because they are aging now um but i just very recently i went went to visit them and my my father had a heart accident in, in february and we were quite afraid and you know we almost lost him but he's good now but he made me realize oh wow well, you know you're gonna be gone one day right and there was these moments with them when i was you know back home where i didn't care anymore about the wounds and what they didn't right and what they should change and what they should say sorry for and that was just love like there's really this one of unconditional love where yeah, we're arrived. Like there's nothing else to fix, like stop fixating on that and that your mother should be that way. And you know, son and mother, the way that stuff. And mothers are not always easy, right? <laughs> uh no, I just saw her and just could love her with her pain, with an unresolved anger, with with all the stuff that she's going to carry, and because she doesn't do breastwork or any kind of feeling and she said she thinks all of that is useless but I could love her like she is right and I guess they taught me that so that's what I want to say about them that somehow they were able to raise a grown-up man that is was able one day to reach that kind of conclusion that they taught me but not always maybe showing it or telling it to me but they really taught me unconditional love because I think that's the way they love me ultimately even if they maybe didn't show up that way, right? But that's mm-hmm. what they did. If if I can express it somehow, they trans they give that to me, right? It's in uh, my DNA. It's there, right? So gratitude, you know, in 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 Indian cosmology, we always say if you don't know what to pray, if you you forgot your prayer, if you have no idea what to say, just say thank you. Just thank you. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> They that's say it's a, that's the most powerful prayer, right? So that's the one. Prayer. So thank you, <laughs> thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Right? Thank you, Ben. Thank you, people here. Yeah. Thank you. Right? Yeah.
2: And this feels a really good space to actually bring this conversation to close. <laughs> uh, and then I know that we will have many more of these conversations. But this expression of gratitude, you know, mm-hmm. simply put, from me to you, and simply put, from all of the people in this room to you now for coming and sharing with us but the gratitude goes beyond this because i can feel all the people that you touch that you will be that you will be holding in that space of healing and not healing as we go forward in this let's just all finish right here right now with a breath maybe even a prayer of gratitude Thank
0: you, Anjo. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Thank brother. Thank you for our first session, so everyone. Was yeah. You've been listening to the Sanctuary Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we're a source of talks about spirituality, personal transformation, energy healing, shamanism and earth-based practices. For more, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. On the website, you can find out about our events, our retreats, healing offering, our spiritual blog, and you can also register for the newsletter. Again, visit thesanctuaryheal.com. Till next time, this is The Sanctuary Podcast and Angel Deer signing off.